Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning into the first solo episode of the podcast. Um, I feel like during the Pizza Chapel interview, I was so nervous. And because I was so nervous, I just came off very robotic, and um, which is not me at all. But I was very nervous. You know, it was my first first episode, first time working with this podcasting equipment. So now I have my Austin East Ciders on my left. I have an aromatherapy candle on my right, and hopefully I will um, <clears throat> mellow out a little bit. Uh, before we get started, I want to give you some background on this series I'm doing called Tips from Your Agent's Intern. So I used to live in Los Angeles, and when I wasn't at an audition or working one of my many, many, many side hustles, I was an intern for a talent agent in Burbank, and I worked there for over a year. And after several months, I started realizing that I was learning a lot that my acting classes had not been able to prepare me for, and... In fact, I was learning some of what some of the things that I had been taught were entirely wrong. And I was watching other actor friends of mine struggle to navigate how to get an agent or how to have a better relationship with the agent or manager that they already have. So back then, I created a vlog of sorts. Uh, it was really just me talking into the camera of my Instagram stories, and I called it Tips from Your Agent's Intern, and as the months went on, I got such great feedback from both people in the industry and not in the industry that I wanted to put the series on a more permanent platform, because as you know, Instagram stories go away after 24 hours. So let's Let's dive in. Uh, if you ever have a question about my experience or want me to dive deeper on a subject, send us a DM on our Instagram or Facebook. Um, we are at Arts District Pod on both. Or if you don't do social media, email me uh, artsdistrictpod at gmail.com. And uh, we'll keep chatting. Or who knows, maybe I'll create a brand new episode out of that. Alright, so my advice, again, is coming from months and months of taking calls from clients and potential clients and actually being in the room where it happens, if you will, while my two agents discussed their expectations and hopes for their actors. Let's start with... How do I even begin to find an agent? Um, won't my talent agent just see me in my cabaret and whisk me away to Hollywood like that girl from the Hairspray movie? No, that's not how it works, with very few exceptions. But um, what you can do is go to entertainmentcareers.com filter by city and you will get a list of companies that have a license from the state labor commission these are legitimate businesses okay an agent is not your parents neighbor who is looking for some freelance work you need to be working with legit businesses who have a partnership with an actor's union 
if you're in a smaller city like Dallas, where I'm based now, uh, it can be done through Google. It's Googleable. Uh, your next step is to determine whether or not that agency is right for you. I'm going to stress this so much throughout the series. Having an agent is having a partner. So it's important that you two are a right fit. When I was starting out, I had nothing but college credits on my resume. A top-tier agency is not going to take you on because you played Aunt Eller when you were 20. Unless you know someone on the inside, then that's great for you. Or if you're a child actor, of course, there are exceptions. Um, but otherwise, you want to start with a small boutique agency. That's an agency with two to three partners and like one or two hundred clients. You can get a feel of who they are by going to their website. It will say on their website how they prefer for you to submit. If it doesn't, call and ask. And I know that picking up a phone and calling can be daunting for a lot of people, but this is your career. You will have to make phone calls much more difficult th than this. It's not as scary as you think. In fact, you're probably going to get someone like me on the phone who is just there to help and wants to help you. So just call and say, hi, I'm seeking representation. Can you tell me the best way to submit? Boom, easy. Now, you should only make that call if it does not say anywhere on their website how to submit. Agencies usually do put their preferences up on their site. Most agencies will ask that you mail a headshot and resume to the office addressed. Uh, some agencies are going green and reducing clutter in the office, so they provide an email specifically for submissions. And some agencies are referral only, which means you need to know someone in the industry to get you in, and we can talk more about that last type later. Now you're sending your headshot and resume. There are a lot of opinions on what kind of paper this should be printed on, where your name should go, how you should staple it. Um, I feel like every blog, every teacher, every book says something different. Don't get caught up in that. As long as it's packaged neatly and professionally, you're good. Um, I personally print my headshot on a more professional, glossy, cardstock type of paper. I do not use photo paper. And then I staple, or I put my resume on regular copy paper. And then I staple the headshot to the back of the resume in all four corners. So if you were holding my submission, it flips like one document, but if someone needed to pull them apart for notes or files or anything like that, they could do so easily. Uh, again, see if it says on their website or the submission notice what their preferences are. Okay, let's talk about cover letters. Now, before you're like, Wait, Sterling, I thought cover letters were for boring office jobs. I hate cover letters. Um, I will say that cover letters are not necessary, 
but they are always a good idea, especially if you don't have very many credits to your name. For example, if you are a parent with a child actor who doesn't have any credits, a cover letter is a great way to introduce your kid. Something that says, this is my daughter, Julia. She's very outgoing and takes ballet class twice a week. She loves showing off for crowds and thinks dinosaurs are awesome. Or let's say you're an adult who doesn't have much acting experience, but you're an expert skateboarder. If an agent doesn't have a pro skateboarder on their roster, that means they're missing out on opportunities to make money every time a commercial or film or live event needs skateboarders. And at the end of the day, we're hiring you. You as a person, um, not the characters you're gonna play. There are tons of talented people in this industry, especially once you reach a certain age. Um, so we are way more interested in you showing us that you are kind, enthusiastic, and hardworking than seeing a list of credits. So I got to read and review a lot of cover letters during my time at the office, and I want to paint a picture of a bad cover letter versus an excellent cover letter. So, <clears throat> our first cover letter, right off the bat, is riddled with grammar and spelling mistakes. Not one or two mistakes, but mistakes all up and down the page. Um, now, I want to be sensitive to the fact that for some people, English is their second language, and spelling and grammar can be very difficult to master. I have lived in this country and spoken English my whole life. I am an educated woman, and I still can't spell the word definitely. So I get it. There are a lot of rules and breaking of rules in English. Um, but if grammar and spelling is something you struggle with, write a draft and then have your friends read it before you send it. You are paying money to mail this off. The least you can do is respect your investment and make sure it's flawless. All right, secondly, this actor insists that his age range is 25 to 40, which means that on a Wednesday, he's playing a young grad student, and on Thursday, he's playing a dad of a teenager. So I won't say that's an impossible age range, though it is pretty wide, but your age range is not up to you. I used to think that my age range was 20 to 26 because my actual age is 26, and I'm often told I look very young. That was until both my agent and a casting director I took a class with said, no, actually, I think you look like a teenager. Like, I thought you were a teenager when you walked in. Especially for stage work, I would still cast you as a 16-year-old. So again, I, I would let casting decide what your age range is because you could be selling yourself short or coming off as lacking self-awareness. Um, let's see, later 
on down the letter, he calls out how much he was paid for a project he recently did. Um, I personally think that it's a little gauche to talk about money in a first impression setting. It is perfectly okay to talk about money once you have an agent because this is your livelihood after all. Um, but, but for these purposes, just don't do it. Also, the dollar figure that he listed was the base daily rate for a SAG project. So I think his objective was to be impressive, but it was really it was really just a very normal amount. Um, and lastly, make sure you're keeping your letter rather PG. Um, no cussing or diving in about what you're willing to do on stage or on camera. That conversation can come later. Those are important boundaries to set, but they can be set once you've had a meeting or signed a contract with an agent. Okay. Let me tell you about this great cover letter I saw. Um, she starts out her introduction by mentioning that she's from the same town that our CEO is from and says she's super excited to work with a female-run company and that she's especially wanting to work with us because of our philanthropic work. Right off the bat, I can tell that she took time to read every paragraph of our website. She obviously read the agent's bios, our mission statement, and really personalized this letter. In the next paragraph, she talks about the comedy classes she's currently enrolled in and where we can watch the web series she co-created. Um, creating your own content is very cool. It shows that you're really committed to the work and ambitious enough to not just wait for someone else to give you a job. Same with classes. Even if you have a bachelor's or a master's in theater or drama, it's important that you're staying sharp and continue to learn and grow. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Um, and then finally, she gives this cute, quirky little about me um, feel free to work in the fact that you're a mega Cowboys fan or that you're, like, really good at Lord of the Rings trivia. Things like that can actually get you a job. And, um, don't forget to mention if you're fluent in another language or if you're an expert line dancer, skills and personality come in handy more than any lead role you could have had. Okay, so we've covered our bases and then some on first impressions, I think, but I have so much more to tell you about, like phone etiquette, what we'd like to see in a headshot, um, what to do if you have to miss an audition. So be sure to subscribe to the pod and, and get every episode as it drops, plus all the great interviews I'll be doing. All right, y'all. Keep having fun, keep doing your art, and head over to our Instagram page or leave a review to tell us what you like about this podcast so far. It really helps just like guide the direction that that we're going with this, and I would super appreciate it. All right, bye!